Genesis chapter 4. I'll be reading from verses 1 through 7. Now Adam knew Eve's wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, and this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. A very clear message. Again, Cain was told, If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Cain knew that sin had a desire for him, but yet he should rule over it. What I said to, what has been said to Cain, could be said to all of us. Sin's desire is for us. But we should rule over sin. How are we going to let that happen? Well, I believe the only way to do that is to allow God to rule over us. If he does, then we will rule over sin. When you look at how sin had come about, you fast forward to the New Testament, to the book of Romans chapter 5. Because there Paul said very plainly, in Romans chapter 5 and in verse 12, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus spread to all men because all sin. That one man he was talking about came before Cain. We're told later that Cain killed his brother Abel because his brother's sacrifice was accepted. His was not. He, his brother, did what was right in the sight of God. He was righteous, whereas Cain was not. You go back to who was here before Cain. Remember Adam and Eve were told about how things were perfect in the Garden of Eden. Man had rule over all the animals that God had created. They were to eat of every tree in the garden, except to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when man was tempted and gave in to temptation, man sinned. And when sin is full grown, it brings forth death. Paul again said there in Romans chapter 5 verse 12 that as sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. It started with 
Eve and Adam. Cain killed his brother Abel, and it continued to spread. Earlier in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, Paul said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Many times, once a person does something, it becomes a habit. It becomes something that is ensnaring, something that is trapping. And that's what Jesus described about sin. He said in John chapter 8 and verse 34, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And that's exactly what happened to Cain. The Lord told him, He says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at this door, and its desire is for you, that you should rule over it. Perhaps like so many individuals, Cain allowed sin to rule over him. And since we have all sinned, we've at one point or another allowed sin to rule over us. The question is, are we going to continue to allow sin to rule over us? I hope and pray that we would all say no. That it is something that we want to overcome. And it is something that no doubt is, in some way or another, a great struggle. As it was with Cain, you know, even the Apostle Paul admitted that. In Romans the 7th chapter, he goes into great detail explaining about that struggle that he has with sin. In Romans chapter 7, there beginning in verse 13, he says, Has then what is good become death unto me? Certainly not, but sin that it might appear sin was producing death in me through what is good, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Notice the emphasis that Paul places not upon himself, but upon the sin that dwells in him. He says in verse 18, For I know that in me that is in my flesh nothing good dwells. For the will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Again, he says it's no longer himself, but it is the sin that is taking control. Verse 21. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind 
and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? What is the answer? What is the solution? How is he able to be delivered from the sin that is controlling him? He says in verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. He says there is a way out. It is no longer serving the flesh, giving in to the desires of the body, but rather Christ our Lord. It is Jesus that gives us the way out. We're also told that with every temptation there is also a way of escape. And when you look to Jesus, he was tempted in all parts as we are, yet without sin. And as he was able to overcome such temptation, remember that he said through him, so can we overcome things. Christ had control. It is through him that we should have control. We should make a decision to say, no longer that we will allow sin to control us. That's the way Paul was. Back in chapter 6 of the book of Romans, in verse 14, he said, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. You are no longer under law, but under grace. We cannot be saved without the grace of God, and that's why God sent Jesus to us. Jesus did what we cannot do. He's willing to sacrifice his sinless body. He is willing to shed his sinless blood. And Paul recognized that no longer sin should have dominion over us. But we must make that choice to be under Christ. Earlier in Romans chapter 6, Paul explained how to do that. In verse 1, he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? His answer in verse 2 was certainly not. For how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Sin should no longer rule over us. Instead, we should become dead to sin. Later in verse 11 of Romans chapter 6, again Paul says, likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. There are many lusts that sin has. John describes them in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. We saw how Adam was given into temptation. We know how Cain went and killed his brother. And on and on and on we could go talking about many that had given into sin. But you know, Jesus did not. And when we, as Paul would do, decide to no longer serve sin, but to be 
dead to the world, crucify ourselves to the world, but being alive unto God, we begin to say, no longer am I going to serve sin, but instead I'm going to serve him. That was the sentiment that David had. When you go back to the book of Psalms and look at, in particularly, Psalm 19, you find there in verse 13 that David said, Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. David knew that he could not do this alone. He needed help. And he reached out to the one that could help him. He certainly prayed unto the Lord. Later in Psalm 119, again in verse 133, the psalmist said there, Direct my steps by your word, and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? That if we allow God's word to direct our steps, as the Bible says, it is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Instead, we need to rely upon the Lord. He will show us the way to go. He will show us what we need to do. Yes, he will help to deliver us from our sin. And how do we do that? Well, it starts with not allowing sin to have control over us. But we need to begin taking control. Paul told Titus in chapter 2, there in verse 11, that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. He reminds us again of God's grace, what He has done for us, that salvation has appeared unto us. But just as God gives salvation, He wants man to receive salvation. He has done His part, but we have got to do ours. And one thing that we must do in verse 12, as He said, we must deny ungodliness and worldly lust, <coughs> realizing that, yes, I once have sinned, but now I am denying these things. The person I used to be, I no longer am. I'm going to put off the old man. I'm going to put on the new. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to live soberly, righteously, and godly. I'm going to follow the example that Christ sent. And just as Jesus was submissive to his heavenly Father, so am I going to be in subjection unto him. Very similarly, Peter said in First Peter chapter 2, there in verse 11, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. He said to abstain from them. 
have nothing to do with them. Peter says he knows that very war, that struggle that Paul talked about, that inward struggle. Am I going to serve after the flesh? Am I going to serve after the Spirit? Peter says it is very prevalent. Abstain from those things. Because yes, the flesh is at war with the soul. And many times we can say that is a great battle. Some days it may seem like it's easier to win. Perhaps other days it may seem that we're losing. And that's when we've got to look deep into ourselves to see how strong are we. Are we weak? Remember Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do I need to go to the one that has been there, who has done that, who can help me to succeed? I need a little bit of help. I need to exercise self-control. Galatians chapter 5. Paul talked about the fruit of the Spirit. He said in verse 22 that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. There is no law against self-control. Instead, it is a fruit of the Spirit. How are we exercising self-control? Are we growing in our self-control? Going back to Peter, in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 says, For this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and a brotherly kindness, love. One thing he said that we must keep on adding is self-control. I know what I should do, and I need to do it. I know what I should not do, and I should abstain from it. And if I have truly committed myself unto God, then that's what I'm going to do. That's how we get our self-control, by allowing God to have control over us. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 11, Paul said, Likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God, in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says we are alive to God. We don't just live for ourselves. This life is not about pleasing ourselves, but rather it is doing the will of God. For if we have done the will of God, we appear before Him in the day of judgment. He will tell us, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We may enter into the joy of our Lord. 
It's very difficult because many times we're tempted to live for ourselves. There are things that are very tempting to us. But remember, Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 13, verse 14, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. We're not living for ourselves, we're living for the Lord. We put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do we put on the Lord Jesus Christ? He tells us in Galatians chapter 3, in verse 26, we are all sons of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 27, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. I put on Christ when my faith is at work, when I die to sin, when I give my life completely unto him. But we understand that we're human beings. We do our very, very best, but what about if and when we make that mistake? What if sin continues to have a little bit of control? What if we lose control? Is there still a way out? John says there certainly is. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, he says, My little children, these things are right to you, so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. <coughs> he says, don't worry, Jesus is there for you. He's been there. He has been through what it is that you are going through. And he was able to succeed, and he certainly wants you to succeed. But let's evaluate that. Are we succeeding? If we say no, then sin still has control over us. But that no longer has to be the case. We should rule over sin. We must exercise self-control. And if it seems that we need a little bit of extra help, Remember, God is there. Jesus has been sent. He did for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And he wants to do all he can. But we must allow him to rule over us. Because if he is in complete control of our lives, we will rule over sin. This morning the lesson is sure. Are you ruling over sin, or is sin ruling over you? Do you need the help of the Lord? Do you need the prayers of the church? Do you need to respond for any reason? If so, you can do so right here, right now, as together we stand and sing.